Welcome to Myths. I'm Matt Huff. And I'm Dan Rhodes. Whether you know about Theseus or you're revising your syllabus. If you want tales with a bit of jest or you just want to hear about incest. What? What? It's really interesting. Welcome to Myths. Welcome to Myths. Episode 20! Episode 20! Whoop, whoop. Uh, Dan, are you excited for this special? I am excited for this special. <laughs> so, the, we have a very exciting episode for you today. It's our 20th anniversary! No, we're not going down that rabbit hole no, again. Because yeah. <laughs> an anniversary is a year. You're doing the clap thing that I did. I know, that's why I did it, because yes. I was parodying you. you parodying? That's not what this episode's about. <laughs> Dan, this episode is supposed to be about love, about friendship it's about something bigger than all of us yeah. something we decided to share with the listener we've done something you know we've gone above and beyond today to give you listener dear something special and you know we think the world of you we we love that you're part of our podcast yeah. so we've done a good uh, gift Matt, for you today. can i just stop this special by asking you a question yeah the audio seems a bit different in this podcast why is that <laughs> well ladies and gentlemen i am pleased to announce for the episode 20 special. We're in a car. <laughs> that, that's it. That's, but where is a car? Yes, Dan, let's say it together. We are in Peterborough, Peterborough Services. Services. Yes, give us a round of applause. Thank you. <laughs> wow, we're in Peterborough Services. And I, and I, oh, I'm so excited. It's so much fun. We're currently parked up. We've got three hours free parking. A legend. Most places just have two hours. Amazing. We're currently put parked up outside, um, you know, a children's play area. We look a bit creepy. Uh, Dan's just wore my hat. He looks a bit like a stalker. And there's a man that sat in the car next to us who's probably listening to this because I'm shouting quite loudly, but I'm very excited. It's all very good. Uh, and, you know, how yeah, is he, your... He's tugging into that McDonald's. Something fierce. Should we just call, talk, talk about him for the next, like, 50 minutes? <laughs> a bit of our services. Um, yes, uh, it's Matt the fable place. Yeah, Matt Go- for those of you who um, <laughs> who don't listen to this regularly, yeah. <laughs> you losers. For those of you who uh, didn't, haven't paid attention enough in, the, in, <laughs> in other episodes, um, uh, Peterborough Services is Matt's favourite service station between oh, the north and the it's south. So good, it's so Dan. This is where dreams are made, you yeah. know. This and is... I was like, well, most service stations are terrible places. Let's check it out. Let's see what Peterborough Services is all about. And I have to admit. It's a nice service station. Yes, here and we it's go. very busy, which I think is a, well, a testament to it. Well, actually, I was a bit, bit, bit sad because you know it's, it's. I wanted to show Peterborough Services at its best. You know, I wanted, I wanted Dan to have the full Peterborough Service Station experience, which you're all expecting. You know, but it's a bit busy, and I don't like it when it's too busy because you know humans are monsters. So it's very like a, <laughs> a like carnivores, locusts all over the place. However, um, you know, Dan saw through that. He he had a, um, he, had some, we, I, he had a fast selection of fast food joints. You know, that's one of the many perks of Peterborough Services. Uh, he had a lovely pea. Never perk of it. I free, really uh, for free. Also, clean toilets too. Clean toilets. Uh, there's a Days in and uh, not by. And there's well. an Ed's Diner. There's an actual sit down, quite nice looking diner. And there's um, a McDonald's. There's a KFC. There's an M and S. Oh, God. there's a WH Smith. This is like dirty. There's a to me. Costa. 
It's like, oh yeah. There's an El Mexicana. Oh There's yeah. There's a noodle place. Oh yeah. There's a casino which we went in. We'll oh, talk about yes. that in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. But like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's just a magical place. I'm so happy to share this moment with you. It's very. Uh, I mean, we did have to travel two and a half hours to it. There's quite a, like a nice looking like. There's like a phone store between. The toilets and the food court, which I thought was a bit weird. Don't know if you noticed that. I did. In fact, that's the second of two phone places. The other one's at the entrance opposite the waffle stand. What? A waffle stand? <laughs> at a service station? Are you crazy? And a massive uh, shell petrol station. Yes, and it's not... Guys, get this. We're on the motorway in the middle of the A1. It's not that expensive. How amazing is that? That is pretty amazing. Oh, people are so full of wonder. I mean, that's the only time anyone's ever said that. But Peterborough services... And is it clearly a playground, if children want to enjoy a playground? I mean... We mm, we should probably move, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lovely. Uh, so Dan, let's rate this service station. What do you think? I think ten for life skills, ten for morals, ten for creativity, zero for WTF because it's amazing. Yeah. Well, actually, ten because like WTF that's amazing. Yeah. So ten, it's forty for me. 40, it's 40. the first time a forty out of forty. Forty out of forty is fit for service station. I think I might be biased slash goody. Yeah. Also, a coach, when we arrived, a coach load of old people got off. Right, right. Um, this is this isn't my slight against Peterborough services because you know Peterborough services for everyone. You know, it's not just for uh, comedians who uh, um, have mild depression. It's, it's not just for them. You know, it's but. Uh, so this busload of old people got off Dan shot off straight to the toilet because he was desperate right and I locked up the car and stuff like that and wandered over and I was just trying to get to the toilet and I kind of needed the toilet right but there's this really old man just taking his time the slowest walk in the world like it's like mate I need to go to the toilet and you can't quite get over him because he's in the the, the slinky bit into the toilet oh yes uh, it is so I couldn't quite overtake him and uh, yeah he just Imagine being that old to not give a shit to about, like, about what anyone around you. Hashtag Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, what a great place. You enjoying it? I am enjoying it so far, yes. Oh, it's, it's you know, it's a great place. Let's, let's talk about the uh, arcade place as well. We went to the arcade place, somewhere I we talked about on the previous episode. Yeah. Just, they're just weird places, aren't they? It was Service creepy. station arcades. And we thought it'd be quite fun to have a game just to this see... There's quite a nice one here, actually. It's very clean. People are actually, use, people are actually using it. One of the many magical... Normally, there's no one ever... Never normally see anyone in there, but this one had actual staff actually yeah, IDing like a, a, you yeah. at the door. It was actually like a thing. Because, you know, Peter... You know, it brings wonder and sense to the people. People have purpose at Peter Reserve Station. Yeah. We played the roulette wheel. Yes, we, well, the, um, the, the electronic machine, one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and to be honest, I realised in that moment that I'm not a very lucky person. Exhibit A, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have to work with Dan quite regularly. Uh, no, uh, uh, but uh, I, I put in two pounds and, uh, guys, I made a profit. Of minus one pound fifty. <laughs> it was yeah. Matt's take home was fifty p. Yeah, and it, it, it prints off this coupon for you. It's like, oh, you can collect your money. I was like, I don't really want to go to the guy and cash it in because it feels so feeble. And there's the one before me was cashing out sixty quid. It's like this. I was like fifty pence, please. So Dan, what was the high stakes you were doing? Some high, you're doing some high stakes games, weren't you? I was. So, um, I put in 50. Yeah. And then I got to around the 80 mark. Oh. Which is pretty good. Yeah. And I lost quite a bit of it. And I was down to like the 35 mark. And got it back up to around the 50 mark. So I broke even. And I was like, now do I just go home with 
saying I've spent nothing. I was like, no, you either lose or you win. Go hard or go home. So I put it all on red. Oh, and did you win? No, I lost. <laughs> How much did you lose? Well, 50. 50 pounds? No, 50p, Matt. I... <laughs> this, is, this is all in pence. <laughs> I put in 50p, then it went up to 80p. See, then through various blah 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 right. blah blah, I got down to about thirty p. We're gonna do that again, but make you sound cooler. So we'll just say eighty pounds, okay? Just do that. Do that whole thing again, but fast. Okay. Oh, but, what? But, but, high six games. Go. Yeah, I put in fifty quid. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's really oh, good. What a baller! Yeah. Then it went up to eighty quid. I was like, what? No, I was like, am oh, I content with thirty quid? Math. Uh, yeah. No, hashtag good math. Yeah, not really. So then I was like, gonna put it all on a few numbers. <coughs> I lost. Now I'm down to thirty five. I'm like, what the hell? Then I got it back up to 50. I was like, sweet, 50 quid. Now, 50 quid's 50 quid. Do I go home? Broken even? No, I want to make money. So I put it all on red, and it came up black, and now I lost money. 50 pence? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, any final comments about Pupra Services, Dan? It's just a nice place. It's just a nice place. Would you move here? Probably. Also, just going to throw this. Probably the first podcast ever to take place in its car park. <laughs> <laughs> we are making history yeah. on the pod. I mean, I'm not sure if legally we're allowed to do this. Imagine if, guys, right, listeners at home, obviously we've done this for you. We've travelled too far for you guys. However, um, if, you, if you're interested, we can always come back here for episode 50. We'll do a live special. We'll get. We'll make a stage out there. We, you, we can all come along, all three of you. <laughs> we may as well just all fit in your car. Yeah, I'll just take you. <laughs> No, uh, we, we should do a live special at some point. Yeah, we have to have a following. That's the only problem with uh, a live special. We, we obviously have a massive following. This is the Matt Hoff fan club. So, uh, hashtag, are you a Matt fan or a Dan fan? I think I know the answer. They're, I don't care as long as they're a Myths fan. Don't ask too much of them, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, should we crack on with the myth? Let's then? crack on with the myth, shall we? I say, uh, I hope you enjoy this myth. Back to the myth. It's the sound of the myth. It's the sound of the myth. That guy's still there. Sorry. Yeah, that guy's still there. God, he's really. He can definitely hear us, can't he? Yeah, but fuck him. Just like a... I shouldn't have said that. Let's <laughs> just lock the doors. There we go. <laughs> Do you need proof that we're in the car? Should I hop the horn or something? No, like don't, because we'll probably start a. I don't want people here to. Matt, have you ever thought there might be someone in the car park or in the service station right now that is actually a fan of myths? Should we try and find them? <laughs> We're an air horn. So what we should do is just tap on everyone's window. Are you a fan of myths? What? That myths and legends podcast? No, fuck them! Like that myth boss by Stephen Fry. No, we had this idea first. Uh, should we do that? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I. Do you reckon we should stop traffic? I actually okay. did really mess us up, that Stephen Fry. I think my colleague said that to me the other day. He was like, oh, you're doing this podcast ever since that because of the Stephen Fry thing. And I was like, no, people need to understand, we came up with this be- way before that. It's just only now yes. that we're actually recording it. Do you know what's annoying me about the, uh, that whole like Stephen Fry thing? It's like, like people don't want like accurate and knowledgeable myths. People want half-baked... Yeah, from, a really, from a national treasure. Yeah, People don't care about that. Stephen. People want two nobodies in a car <laughs> yeah. park at Peter Services yeah. to tell them what, like it is. Yeah, knock, knock. Who's that? Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry who? Nobody. That's who. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. For the record, please. Big, Sim- big fan. <laughs> Stephen Fry, please come on this podcast. Please yeah, help please. us out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stephen Fry is actually one of the celebrities that I would want to have, like, you know when you do like who would you like you could have a sit down meal with like any celebrity I think Stephen Fry would be up there for me okay let's what talk. a chat how about well, if you're going to have a, like a I usually on the Drunken Comedian podcast I ask uh, which three comedians would you like to um, stay with for the entirety of Edinburgh and why What which three celebrities would you like to uh, live within the house with um, but you have to do the dishes with them you have to like uh, you know you have to live with them personalities as well which three celebrities would you go for that's a good question that's a very good question. Because if you go for people who are too, like, uh, zany, they'll get annoying after a while. Yeah. Know. I would live with someone like Simon Pegg. Yeah, I can live with that. I feel that. like he'd be a nice guy to live with. But he's also very successful, though. Well, I thought this was in the parameter of, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but though, you might get jealous, though, is all oh, I'm saying. Oh, that's fair enough. No, that's all right. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that he's unattainable. I'm just saying that you might just be like, oh, he's getting all the jobs and I'm in a car park. I could live with Conan O'Brien. I feel like he'd be very... I, feel, I find him very funny. I'm a big I fan. did not expect you to say that, to yeah. be honest. I mean, forgetting the fact he's like 40, 50. We'll forget that. <clears throat> yeah, imagine. Yeah, that's in the parameters. Yeah. And then probably someone... I bet I bet Sarah Pascoe is really lovely to live with. Um, after watching John Robbins' shows... No, she isn't. <laughs> That's very true. Have I, have I ever told you my Sarah Pascoe story? No. Okay, he, he's, he, it's episode 20. It feels like the right time to say this, okay? Um, uh, <laughs> back in January, I was doing uh, tour support for Lee Kyle, right? And uh, on the drive home, Lee Kyle's a northeast comedian. He's very silly. He's a, he's a big inspiration for me, actually. He's a, like, an amazing comedian. If um, uh, In the future, if you do get the chance to see him at Ember Fringe, do check him out, Lee Kyle. Uh, and like we were driving back uh, up to uh, up north, and uh, we were talking, doing this game called uh, "Would You Rather," like uh, who, "Would You Rather Have Sex with One Comedian or Another Comedian?" It's just a bit of fun, and it worked for both genders. There wasn't like a misogynistic thing as well. Oh, yeah. it was, but that was it. Did really it, it? It really showed me quite a lot. In fact, the whole not not gay thing that started off with that kind of thought, and like, oh, that person, and I, I realized what kind of person I preferred. If you know what I mean, and um, with the. Uh, <laughs> and Sarah Pascoe turned to be uh, a regular one because uh, apparently uh, Lee, Lee asked me right uh, oh out of everyone in the whole world every any, any supermodel any lady anyone you want like uh, anyone like could be uh, anyone you want who would you sleep with and I was like and I know I'm not really kind of like a ladsy kind of person so I don't really think about it I, I was really panicking and I couldn't think of an answer so the first thing that came out of my mouth was Sarah Pascoe <laughs> Because that's not that's not a laddie thing. Most people are like, oh right, Abby Titmus, and I'm like, oh no, a feminist comedian, please. <laughs> and do you know what the sad thing is? The second answer, well, Sarah Pascoe was the second thing that popped into my head. The first one was Bridget Christie. So that's obviously my type, feminist comedians, right? Yeah, not a bad type to have. But uh, Lena did feel a bit guilty because, like, I'm a big John Robbins fan, and obviously Sarah Pascoe broke up with John Robbins, and you know, would I be able to date Sarah Pascoe if I love John Robbins so much? Maybe I could, I should date Sarah Pascoe because I love John Robinson so much. Maybe it's the biggest, Maybe it's the best uh, way to get close to yeah. him <laughs> to become his mortal enemy. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, this is too deep. Uh, you know what I want to do? I think we should have another jingle, but this time we actually will do the myth. Yes. Oh, yes. Sorry. Second jingle, but this time the first one was a trick. <laughs> first, first jingle. 
first jingle, you were like, ah, oh, finally, we're going to get to... They've done the peer for services. Now we're going to get to a myth. <laughs> nope, they're still talking about shite. This time... No, the, this is the magic of peer for services. It comes out with too much honesty. <laughs> wow. And at least, worst case scenario, you get another jingle. You get the full selection of jingles. Apart from that shit Latin one. Actually, I'll put that one in now. Okay, welcome back. We're going to do the myths now. Oh, wait, there's another jingle. (laughs) (laughs) No, myth. Okay, definitely myth this time, okay? Okay, I'm going to go straight into it because I've wasted enough time here. This is one I learned from uh, my classics degree at university. uh, And it's from... um, It's it's a classic tale from Ovid's Metamorphoses. uh, And... Within that book, there's lots of different uh, little snippets of myths. And this is one that I've um, been really interested in for a long time, because we talked about centaurs quite a lot recently, uh, and where they come from, and how they're represented in uh, the universe. And uh, this is a good example of them being the worst at their worst as well. And this this battle, uh, it's called the Battle of the Lapis and the Centaurs, or the Centromachy. And this is depicted throughout art in a lot of different ways as well. But it's a really important piece, this one. I just find it really funny how we've got to episode 20 of a Mythspace podcast and we're only now mentioning Ovid's Metamorphosis. Well, technically, <laughs> I, I didn't mention it in episode 7 of Masters of Seneca because I said it's a metamorphosis tale. Take it away. So this is the Battle of the Lapis and the Centaurs. Lapis being people. Perithus, son of Ixion, and the king of the Lapis had married Hippodamia. So Pyrrhus, uh, he's the king of the Laps, uh, Lapis, he ma- gets married to Hippodamia, who we know from where, Dan? This has already confused me, because she was the wife of Prelops. Pelops. Pelops. Uh, uh, so why is she marrying this guy? He might have died. I don't know. Is this in the future? Well, it could be just another Hippodamia. That's true, like you get two, two Dans, two Mats. It's another couple of us. Yeah, because she featured very heavily in the in the Pelops myth. Yeah, she was her his, and that the whole thing of that was like she's really there's a whole thing before they got married. Like it, it, so, the fact that she's now with someone else that seems pretty crazy. Maybe this is an alternative universe when she um, got with um, you know the Savatur men, yeah. men like, So she ditched Pelops and had sex with a guy, and this is her alternative universe. Okay. Either way, it's someone called Hippodamia. <coughs> yeah, Hippodamia. So Pyrrhus, the king, invited the cloud-born centaurs to join the banquet at tables arranged at, in a leafy glen. The chieftains of Thessaly came. Nestor also attended, and Nestor being a quite important figure. The palace was filled with festive hubbub and thronging guests. Now hark to wedding him, torches and rising smoke in the great hall. Enter the bride, escorted by matrons and younger women, and looking at a picture. We all declared how blessed Perthus was in his beautiful wife. I, I love how the, the grammar there is like, it's, it, as if he's in his blessed <laughs> wife, as in like, uh, yep, just doing the consummation, guys. <laughs> but our praise's effect as a lucky omen was almost undone when the wildest of wild centaurs, Eurytus, Drunk already, was further inflamed by the sight of the bride, and the power of wine reinforced by desire took over. So what happens here is Eurytus, the wildest centaur, he's pissed, he's seen the hot bride, he's like, oh mama, I'm, I'm gonna... Do- what does Eurytus sound like as a wild centaur? Damn, there's a nice looking lady over there. I'm gonna do her some favours with my horsey dick. <laughs> 
horsey dick. <laughs> no one's ever said that at Peterborough services before. <laughs> or do you reckon he's more of like a geezer? Like, oh yeah, come on, that's what I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah, I, I think so. That's Try that again. Try it again. Don't want to hear horsey dick again. Oh yeah, his booze is going down a tree. Oh hello, who's that? The bride. Who's that guy over there? Is that a, <laughs> a bride at a wedding? <laughs> What the fuck? She's probably a vet. Oh, she's probably single. Yeah, she's probably single. Oh, I bet she'd like some of my horsey dick. <laughs> stop saying that. <laughs> God, their penis is a horse. Yeah, but that's, stop calling it a horsey dick. It's so weird. <laughs> uh, pony pussy? <laughs> yeah. I um, hope she likes lasagna because she's about to get some horse meat. <laughs> Her name better be Tesco. Um, so, he goes to make his advances towards her. Tables were upside down in a flash. The feast was reduced to shambles as Eurytus seized Perithus' newlywed bride by the hair and forced her away, while each of the other centaurs grabbed any woman he fancied or found. The chaos resembled a captured city, and women were screaming all over the palace. Oh, help me, there's the horses everywhere. Oh, that sounds oh, like the most... Come back here, you are, you are. This is obviously a horrible situation. Uh, however, what you what you just did there... Very Game of Thrones. Yes, yeah. That all the centaurs at this wedding have just decided to take all the women for yeah, themselves. and start to essentially do a mass rape. Uh, we quickly rose from our couches. Eurytus shouted Theseus. He's here. Oh, of course he is. It's like the Greek Avengers part yeah. too. <laughs> uh, Theseus taking the lead. You must be crazy. How dare you provoke Pyrrhus while I live and foolishly injure us both. The centaur said nothing. He couldn't defend his outrageous behaviour by words, but used his unruly fist to punch the prince on the jaw and to pummel his chest. Which is like... To be fair, I'm not going to lie. I quite like the idea of Theseus getting beaten up. Because he's already been like... Because he's uh, a bit of a bitch when he like... He killed the Minotaur and he didn't really yeah, like... It was kind of by accident. And, and he like took all the credit for it. And he's... And we... And we we said, didn't we, when he did the Minotaur, that he's actually... I think he's blagging it. I don't actually think he's a real hero. Yeah, I think he and found it dead in there. And we've seen this immediately, that he's like, Oh, are you, you stupid centaur? <laughs> I believe he has actually, a Berman in that yeah, yeah. Uh, You stupid centaur. You stupid centaur. I'm Theseus. Uh, come on, then. And then... And then... Like, all right, then. Nutted him straight in the face. Get my horsey dick. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it, it's quite funny because he's very egotistical, as you say, because he says, Oh, why are you doing this where I live? You know, he's making it about him. Um, so he gets punched in the jaw. Yeah. But also, I like how, like, uh, Eurytus can't really... He can't object to it. It's like, oh, there's not a good reason why he can't... Yeah, I don't have any words to describe how I'm feeling. I'll, I'll just punch you. I'll just sock him in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On a table nearby, there chanced to be a lion and... Antique wine bowl, richly embossed with figures in high relief. The bowl was huge, but Theseus was huger. He lifted it up and hurled it directly in Eurytus' face. As globules of blood and fragments of brain poured out of the wound, the centaur, vomiting wine from his mouth, fell backwards and drummed with his heels on the sun sand. Which is, that's pretty gruesome, that's right? Pretty gruesome. So the bowl hits his head, his brain falls out, so he back vomits up wine. A, a big bull statue at him as a wine bowl a wine bottle yeah. wine bowl a wine bowl which is like a flimsy weapon isn't it yeah again he seems like he's got lucky here Eurytus kicks out and vomits and kills he's dead 
his brothers, enraged by the carnage, vied up to each other in shouting as one, Two arms! Two arms! Fired by the wine with the courage, they started to battle by sending their goblets flying, then breakable jars and round-lipped vessels, objects intended for feasts, now used for wars and slaughter. I love how they're throwing breakable jars, because I imagine that uh, Eurystheus is in there. It's like, no, I'm in my brown bronze jar! <laughs> remember that? <laughs> From Hercules? I do remember that. The guy that calls into his own little jar. Yeah. He's scared. Amicus, son of Ophion, was the first amongst the rampaging centaurs to raid the inner rooms of the palace and plunder, and Iron Stand was supported at a cluster of burning candles. He lifted the whole thing high, like a priest at a sacrifice, straining to raise the axe, which will cleave the neck of a pure white bull. And then he dashed it down on the forehead of Keladon, one of the Lapiths. So he gets this candlestick, like a giant candlestick, and smashes it into someone's brain. Very nice. Yeah. It's How's like that? Cluedo. Is that intense Cluedo? <laughs> this fractured his skull and mangled his face past all recognition. His eyes burst out of their sockets. The bones of his cheeks were shattered. The nose smashed inwards and jammed beneath the roof of his mouth. That's fucking brutal, That's right? Brutal, yeah. This is going to be a high WTF, man. Yeah. But another Lapith called Pelates wrenched a leg off from a maple wood table and used it to hammer Amicus down to the ground with his chin forced into his chest. As the centaur sputtered his teeth out, mingled with gore, a second blow dispatched him to Hades. So he's, he's been killed. Yeah, so you kind of pinned him down and smacked him in the face. Spitting out teeth as well. I, how are you with uh, gore? Because this is very uh, gratuitous violence at the moment. I'm okay with it. Yeah. You're not sad or scared? No, I think it's okay. I'm quite, it's quite, um, it's quite poetic. It's quite, uh, quite a lot of imagery here. Yeah. Um, more of the same, really. Next to the fall came Grinius, who stood there grimly inspecting the smoking altar and said, Why don't we make use of this? With a frightening glare in his eyes, he lifted the hefty structure, fires and all, and hurled it into a group of Lapiths. Two were crushed by the mountainous weight, Broteus and Orias. Brackets. Orias's mother was my Kali, said to have succeeded in drawing down the horns of the moons with her incantations. That's the response I expected. <laughs> So two of them were crushed uh, by um, uh, Alter. Basically, there's all sorts of, like, everyone's fighting everyone. Yeah, this is a mass brawl at a wedding as well. This is what I want at my wedding as well. All started because the bride was quite hot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we should blame her. Uh, how you, dare she be why hot? Why would you even invite centaurs to your wedding if you knew they were like this? Well, that's the thing. They didn't know they were going to... Well, they didn't know they were rowdy. However, they, I think it was more to do with um, if you want to have a good connection with them and stuff like that. They were trying to be diplomatic, but they got smashed and it was like... It's always red wine as well. Like, centaurs love wine because Hercules drank all the wine. And then they all started on him. Yeah. yeah. We should ban wine. Yeah. Xadius says, You won't get away with this if I can get a hold of a weapon. He caught sight of some antlers nailed to a tall pine tree as a votive offering. This was his weapon. Armed with the horns of a stag, Xadius aimed for a centaur's eyeballs and gouged them out. One eye struck fast uh, on the antlers. Another one rolled out onto Grynus's beard, blood-coated and clung there. So his... Oh, he's now caught in his beard. Yeah, and one of them's gouged out, the other one's in his beard. This is ho- this is way worse than I remember. It's horrible. <laughs> then there was Rotus, another centaur, snatching a blazing plum woodbrand from the altar, and next attacking Charaxius to fracture his brow from the right. It was covered with golden curls, and the hair caught fire in an instant, like crops in a dry cornfield. 
The blood which flowed from a scorching wound made a terrible sizzling noise like the sound of a red-hot bar of iron when in a blacksmith draws it to his tongues from the surface and plunges it in his, into his trough. The metal sizzles and hisses when dipped into the cooling water. The wounded Lapith shook out from the greedy fire from his curly hair and tearing a slab from the threshold floor, he lifted it onto his shoulders. The mass was too heavy to reach the centaur. Bracket. It waited enough to be drawn by a cart. End bracket. It landed instead on Cometes, a friend who was standing closer at hand and crushed him. <laughs> so he, this guy, Jaraxxus, he uh, picks up... He's been burnt, and he, he picks up the slab. He tries to hit a centaur, but in fact, he hits his friend Cometes as well. This is like Peleus and Eurytreus <laughs> yeah. as well. Again, it's like, oh no, I killed Cometes! <laughs> oh no! Rotus couldn't contain his joy. Uh, shouting, May all of the rest of your crew be as brave. He returned to his half-burnt torch to the wound he had started. With a heavy repeated blows, he sh- battered Carax's skull till bones and brains were reduced to pulp. That's very nice. So far, Dan, how, which one of these deaths would you prefer? So far, the coolest death... Well, I'd like the quick one. Probably, probably that one the guy just got there when he got a slab... It seems like pretty instantly. The, the slab, which went this one. He just killed his friend. Yeah. Oh, so the oh, he, I thought he meant because Carrot just got skull beaten in, uh, and yeah, uh, yeah, the slab was alright, but you get killed by a friend. Imagine if I killed you with a slab. That's pretty horrible, actually. It's gonna happen later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Episode twenty-one, guys. Another <laughs> special. So the victorious Rotus next attacked Eugrus and Dryas, as Corythus, only a youth with the first fine hairs on his chin. When Corophus fell to the ground, Euagrus cried to the centaur, What glory is there in killing a boy? The great brute wouldn't allow him to speak any further and savagely thrust his flaming torch into Euagrus's open mouth and forced it right down into his gullet. So he's gagging him with a... So he puts it... Um, you know those fly, uh, flaming torches? He puts it down to his throat. Like, wow. it burns him on the inside. Because <laughs> he's like, Can you not kill a kid? He's like, Oh, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me, can you not kill kids? <laughs> Fuck you. That's actually one of the many services they do at Peterborough Services. <laughs> Rotus then went after the furious Dryas, whirling his brand round his head. This time he was less successful. There he was, gloating over all the lapis he'd slaughtered, when Dryas pierced him where the shoulder meets the neck, uh, where the, with the point of a charred stake. Roaring, the centaur painfully wrenched the implement out from where it was lodged to the bone and fled, now soaked into his own blood. So he starts bleeding from the neck. Yeah. Onius and Lycabus followed him. Medon gashed in his strong right shoulder. Pisanior and Thormos, Mesmerus too, who had lately outstripped his brothers in running, but since he'd been wounded, was only able to limp. That's, I forgot about Ovid because he, he puts really unnecessary details in there. It's like, uh, we didn't need to know that. It's like, Karen at the gym. Well, she's actually having an affair with her husband, Roy. Oh my god. He's meeting his best friend, Daniel. Oh my god. Like, it's like, well, don't need to just tell me what I need to know, please. Bolus and Menelaus jumped out in a rout with Abas, the hunter of bears, and Asbolus, a prophet who vainly tried to dissuade the others from fighting. That helped, didn't it? <laughs> Prophets never help in, uh, in this world. It's like, oh, we shouldn't do that. Nah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, oh, why don't you tell us? I did tell you. Oopsie, it's going to happen. When Nessus was also fleeing in terror, Absolus shouted out I think my thought really smells. I'm just going <laughs> to... I locked the doors. Cause... <laughs> don't open it. No, just because... 
just for pause. <laughs> I just gassed myself out. I was going to not say anything, but then I was like, I, I mean, even if you didn't smell it, I could. I actually pride myself on not normally having smelly farts, but I apologise. I can only apologise for this one. It's that, it's that paella your mum made me. I'm blaming my mum, are you now? Okay, we're good. When Nessus was also fleeing in terror, as Bolas shouted out to him saying, You needn't run, you are being reserved for Hercules' bow. Um, which is, you know, foreshadowing Hercules. It is. Uh, do you know the term Nessus, Dan? Do you know where Nessus um, uh, is known in pop culture? No. Nessus is the centaur which Hercules fights in Disney film. Remember that? Yep. Uh, but also Nessus is in that cave which he fights as well. Oh, okay. So uh, that's why he... Hercules drinks all their wine and yeah. they get angry. So as Bolus is like, Ah, you're going to die! He's like, Doubt it. But this goes on. However, Euronymous, Lycanus, Imbrius, along with Arius, failed to escape from death. They were all confronted by Dryas and fell to the ground. Cranius was also struck in the face, although he had turned in flight. As he glanced behind him, a javelin caught him in between the eyes, where the nose grows out of the forehead. So in the middle of his face. Is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no reason to the specify where he's We nose. should cut this down, because like, it's not really efficient. In the midst of all this confusion... In the middle of all this confusion, Aphidus, a centaur, was lying completely befuddled with wine, flat out, with his sleep unbroken, still holding his cup in his trooping hand, sprawled on the shaggy skin of a mountain bear. With Phorbus, a lapith observed him across the hall. He was immobile and not taking part in the battle. He slipped his fingers along the thong of his ash spear, crying, Now you must mix your wine with Stygian water! Then he instantly hurled his javelin towards the youth, and the iron-tipped weapon transfixed his neck, as he happened to lie his head with thrown back, Aphidus died feeling nothing. The dark blood dwelled from his throat and spilled all over the couch, even into his goblets. So what happened there? There's a, um, a drunk centaur was pissed, <laughs> uh, just flat out, he's pissed. And then uh, this guy's like, oh, gonna kill you. He does a zingy one-liner, which I'll repeat, Dan. Before you kill someone, you've got to have a cool line. Now you must mix your wine with Tegean water. Boom! Mm. That's what only I mean. cool. Only co- he's pretty cool, obviously. And then, uh, so he kills this guy. Like, would so at well, this point um, when he kills this Aspidus, it's supposed to be that this thing where it's like you should feel bad for the centaur in this case because he didn't, it wasn't doing anything. If you know what I mean. On came the centaur, shouting and yelling and rushing in frenzy. Everyone hurling or thrusting their weapons against one foe. Those weapons were blunted and fell to the ground, while Canius remained, unscathed by all of their blows, not a drop of blood had been spilt. This turn of events left the centaurs dumbfounded. Shameful! Disgraceful! Mon- Monicus cried. Our whole tribe worsted by one man, hardly a man at all. No, he is man. We are behaving as feebly as women. Sexist. Uh, what use is a massive girth of our... I was going to say horsey dicks. <laughs> what is a massive girth of our bodies? What of our double strength? Has nature combined in ourselves the courage and force of the world's two mightiest creatures for nothing? Our mother is a goddess. I don't believe it. Our father cannot have been Exion, a mortal with pride enough to aspire to sleep with Juno on high when we are defeated by someone whose sex is in doubt. Essentially, he's trying to emasculate him. It's like, oh, this guy's a bit of a a ninny. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the guy in question? Uh, Canius. Canius. Like, so he's the one. He's the the warrior's done really well okay. so far. He hasn't got a drop of blood off yet. Uh, and the centaurs are like, what should we be beating him? Um, 
Let us roll the boulders, the trees, whole mountains on top of this upstart. Let's hurl the forces and crush the life from his living body. His throat will be choked out by the bulk of it all, and the weight will be proved as good as a wound. So he says, whilst he sees a tree trunk knocked down, as it chanced by the south of the wind's fury, and he threw it against his unwoundable foe. The rest did the same. In a short while, Orthrus is stripped of its trees, and Pelion empty of shade. Crushed beneath the enormous layer, the hero sweltered under the weight of the trees, and heaved with his sturdy shoulders to raise the pile, but after the load grew greater and greater over his head, he couldn't breathe through his mouth any longer. Consciousness left him, but then he recovered and vainly attempted to roll the trees off his body and lift himself up to obtain some air. For a while he succeeded in moving the surface as if Mount Ida, which, look, we can see over there, which was disturbed by an earthquake. No one is certain what happened next. It's a good myth. Some said that uh, his body was thrust right down by the mass of the trees to the uh, shadows of Hades. Mosbus the seer said no. He noticed a rust-winged bird emerging out of the pile and soaring into the air. I also sighted the bird that day for the first and last time. Mopsus watched it gently circling the camp as he heard it loudly clapping its wings. As he thoughtfully followed it round with his eyes, he exclaimed, All hail Canius, pride of the Lapiths, once unique amongst men, and now a sole bird of your kind. The prophet said it and we believed it. Grief made our anger all the more bitter. That one man's life should be crushed by so many. To vent our sorrow, we turned on the centaurs and didn't cease fighting, till most had been killed and the rest en route, or were rescued by the night. And that is the end of the Battle of the Lapiths. Thanks! So Dan, how do you find that, man? There's a lot to say. There's a l- it's very, uh, it's all the same in the sense that it's just one giant battle scene. There's no real narrative other than the fact that they kind of yeah, resolve I did, it at the end. I did want to kind of do something a bit different. I did want to try something, because I remember that being quite... It's just epic. a good story, though, yeah. yeah. It's very, I kind of a lot of imagery. I liked it. I think it's great all for storytelling. You know? Yeah, all the blood and gore. and But essentially, it's just a, a wedding brawl gone wrong, isn't it? Well, you know, I've been best man at two weddings, and that's how they usually go down. Yeah. Have you been to any weddings before? Just two. Oh, yeah, Rick Astley, yeah. yeah. Did you get in a fight with Rick Astley? I did. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, so, let's, let's rank this, mother. So, how do we usually rank it, then? Well, I'd say I fought for Rick Astley, but he didn't give up. Didn't turn around. Oh, you're still going with this, are you? Didn't. Des- <laughs> Another jingle. <laughs> Uh, okay, so episode 20, life skills. Dan, hit it. Life skills, a lot. So we learn essentially how to murder people in lots of different ways. ways yeah. Candlesticks, torch down the gullet, crushing the cranium, killing someone by throwing a tree. Throwing a tree, that'll do it. Yeah, uh, learning how to uh, uh, get red wine drunk and try to hit on ladies, yep. uh, literally. Um, I suppose uh, uh, learning that hippodamia... It's, uh, you, know, you can get married twice and it can be okay. Sit people still fight over you. Uh, lots of murder. Lots of murder. Lots of how to murder people. Yeah, which is always helpful. Yeah, I, I, I guess a lot of that was in there. Um, we learned how to turn into a bird. Yep. We learned how to uh, be crushed by Mount Ida. Yep. Mm, I think about... There was a high volume of 
of murdery skills, but there wasn't too much of anything else, right? So it's a bit like Daedalus. Remember Daedalus? Yes. Like, it was pretty much a lot of the same thing. We give, from the top of my head, it was like Daedalus a 7 for that. I think maybe a 6 or a 7 for this. Give it a 7. You reckon? A lot of murder. A lot uh, of murder. And also, like, just a lot of, like, it, like, in terms of, like, uh, Lots of different ways to kill people as well. Bashing the brains, like stabbing the throat. Uh, we might have to kill um, someone who's sleeping as well. That's drunk. true. Uh, learn to not drink too excessively. Yeah, not drink excessively. And have safe sex. Yeah. <laughs> Seven. Morals. Morals actually aren't that high if you think about it. They're very little. The morals are don't kill someone. That's about it. Mor- don't get into a fight at a wedding. Don't get into a fight at a wedding. If you're going to kill someone uh, who is unbeatable... Um, don't crush him with a tree no because no, he's just going to turn into a bird how did these people not know this at this point yeah oh, Jesus honestly I think it's like a three or four maybe two maybe man. a two morals but, are not great well let's just think about it a bit more um, I guess uh, don't get married twice <laughs> <laughs> oh Hippodamia must be so pissed off yeah, she just like, wants oh, to like every time there's just death yeah I you know I you would just want a little bit more in life yeah you? you would I yeah I think a two to be honest give it a two uh, creativity pretty creative yeah man I mean, like the, the use of language within it was amazing like, yeah. it was so vivid description and uh, that's what I remember yeah real kind of like the way they talk about the brain spilling and the eyeball caught in the guy's beard and the torch being rammed down someone's throat yeah um, and also uh, the rousing speeches Canius being uh, unbeatable as well uh, the, the different types of centaurs as well there's the rowdy ones the ones that, uh, that ran away the ones that uh, were sleeping and got killed uh, everyone had character there and yeah. everyone had a different role to play also it featured brawls like Theseus and stuff like that uh, so I think it was a really um, you know I think it was a really important one uh, and so quite a high one right eight eight I'll go with it and finally the WTF factor I think it's pretty high right yes this is by far the most gruesome myth we've ever Very done. Gruesome. Like it, brains being splattered everywhere. I think like sli- um, slicing people's throats. Uh, you know, sm- uh, brains coming up with a bowl. Uh, you know, a torch in the gullet. So, what was the thing that a made guy you turn into a bird? Oh, also um, getting your eyes gouged out and the other one hanging uh, hang- hanging in your beard as well. That is the grossest. That isn't that the worst one, right? Is, yeah. So I think this is like an eight or a nine, personally. But then again, there's one note, isn't it? It's not It's not like a different layers of WTF, you know what I mean? It's, oh, that's gross, oh, that's gross, oh, that's weird. Like, it's strong, it's really strong, however, it's not It's not perfect. No, it's not a 10. It's not different types of WTF. Yeah. But it is pretty messed up. None of, none, you know, none of I'm thinking either 7 or 8. Oh, I think it's got to be an 8. Okay. It's pretty messed up, man. I, I think, yeah, I think that's... A, Okay, so we have seven for life skills, two for morals, eight for creativity, and eight for WTF. So, uh, 27. I'll do the counting. Thank you. A two, eight, ten, eighteen. Seven plus eight. Eighteen is twenty-five. Is that correct? Right. What are you on about? No. Seven. Seven. Plus two. Plus two nine. Is nine. Yeah. Eight plus eight is... Sixteen. Yeah, 25, you're right. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I thought, sorry, I thought I forgot that was a two. I thought it was a five. In my defence. Guys, I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, that's the end of that one. Dan, um, we have, t- technically, we've got about an hour and a half left at Peterborough Services. What are we going to do with our time? I'm going to go to the toilet. Yes. And then I guess we hit the road. 
Excuse me? Matt, we're, it's a service station. We're not spending the night... Oh, God, business going to be spending the night in the Days Inn Hotel here at Peterborough Services. Dan, you, you, it's like you don't even like Peterborough Services. <laughs> but, 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 but we're going to say it's the full three hours. That's, you know, there's a kid's playground out there. We can have fun. Not like that. Uh, <laughs> we've got... We've got the, the walls are oyster. That's true. And it, but you don't sell oyster. I'm definitely. I'm looking forward to going back in and using the toilets one more time. I'm going to take it all in again. Okay. Just have uh, a good time. Before you go to the toilet, uh, have you enjoyed episode twenty? Then? I have. Thank you, Matt. And uh, we won't do it in this episode. I think we've run out of time, to be honest. But um, in the next episode, we'll do all the actors' things. As we do that every ten episodes, don't we? Yes. We should do that again. Because um, uh, again, we. If I didn't mention Sarah Pascoe, <laughs> we definitely have enough time. Do you reckon she listens to this? Oh, God. Oh, do you know what just happened there? In that moment, the silence was like, oh, she listens to this. she see how much of a freak I am. She probably won't want to date me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Matt. But so, do you, reckon, oh, no, do you reckon she would date me? Has she talked about me? Well, I, I don't know her. Can you send her a message? Yeah, uh, yes, I'll message Sarah Pascoe, the comedian. I actually, yeah, I've, I've chatted to her agents before, and uh, do you reckon I should just send them a message by proxy? Like, Sarah, hey, no, yeah, listen to myths. So I say some pretty nice things about. <laughs> and then she might do a whole show about me. Yeah, that's cool. Oh well. Anyway, um, let's. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> I always say stuff I regret. <laughs> anyway, thank you for being with us for twenty episodes. Um, we really, me and Dan, really appreciate. Well, Dan and I really appreciate you uh, listening and tuning in every week. Um, obviously, you know, we're at service stations now, but you know, we do all this for you, and uh, we do it because we like to have a laugh as well. Uh, and we hope you enjoy it as much as we do. So thank you for making 20 episodes very special. Shall I say some stuff? I was hoping so. Because <laughs> I think they've heard enough of if, me. If you really like it, Matt, I think they should follow us on Twitter, at Miss Podcast. Mm-hmm. Preach it. Or on Facebook. Oh, yeah. At Miss Podcast. We don't really do that much on the Facebook page, but like it anyway. Yeah. Uh, or you could email us, couldn't they? Yes, you can. Uh, and you can email us at misspodcast.gmail.com. If you want to tell us what your favourite centaur death was, let us know. If you're a psychopath. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let us um, just get in contact. Tell us what myths you fancy, what's been your favourite. If you dispute anyone's, because my brother was like, oh, your Pandora's box was all wrong. So... Well, obviously we're experts, but if you want to tune in and listen to, uh, I say that, Seam <laughs> Fry. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, um, get in contact with us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. And if you're lucky, we might read it out on the podcast. Not if you use horrible language, though. Yeah, please don't use horrible language. Yeah, we don't heckle us in an email. Please. Yeah. Got heckled by a crow yesterday, didn't I? We did. I got heckled by a crow the other day. It was very funny. <laughs> anyway, um... And give us five stars on iTunes, please, because the more you rate us, the, the higher in the charts we get, the more people will listen to us. And also, please share it with your friends as well. I think everyone should take the time out to hack onto their Facebook friends page, post it online, and if everyone does that, we might get sued. <laughs> Any parting words, then? Well, no. Let's go and play a roulette machine. Bye! Bye!
But I think that's funny, like you know I mean. Yeah. Listen to me once about the pa- Pasco thing, no, right? That's, that's not going to ruin my chances of it, right? <laughs> Why would she listen to this? <laughs> what, would, she, would she not be into it? Actually, we might as well go, because they know we're in a car park. 